Welcome back to the Desert Springs Church Podcast. It exists to supplement the ministry and growth of the body here at DSC. My name is Chase, and I'm joined, as always, by our pastor from music. Is that your title? Music pastor? Pastor that plays music, Drew Hodge. Chief musician Chief and liturgist. That's it. There you go. <laughs> DSC yeah. psalmist, Drew mm-hmm. Hodge, uh, to talk again about worship and our Sunday morning liturgy. So this is kind of picking up Drew on a conversation we had a few weeks ago where uh, we were beginning with the first element of our Sunday morning mm-hmm. liturgy, which is? Call to worship. The call to worship. Mm-hmm. And I have noticed, at least in myself, an increased desire to be there when you call us to worship. <laughs> not going to say that I have always fulfilled that desire, but I feel the desire to At be there. At least not for both services. Yeah, it's hard you in usually a second. Get, you usually get one. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, well, having to be at both uh-huh. and, and, I and get that. through. Yeah, I know I you noticed. do. <laughs> I noticed. Uh, but that was very encouraging um, just to, to think about that there is so much intention that goes into mm-hmm. every aspect of our service, especially that first. And so, uh, yeah, we said... Let's let's kind of make this a, a running series as we yeah. pick apart the different elements of our service because as we said last time, there is so much thought that goes into it. But if you don't know what you're looking for, we don't call attention to our liturgy the way right. other churches might. Yeah, yeah. So um, this week we're gonna kind of finish out the the uh, beginning steps of our liturgy and move into the middle. And so last time okay. we talked, you used this uh, four part structure, which is really the four part you know, presentation of the gospel mm-hmm. is God, man, Christ response. And and you were saying that fits into every part of our Sunday worship service. Yeah. Yeah. Or every part of our worship service fits into one of those buckets. Those are the big buckets. Yeah. Uh, that, that, uh, that weave the, the whole story, the whole pattern of the gospel. Um, and we reinforce that every week yeah. as we walk through those different elements. And it's important to kind of go through it in that order. Is, I think so. Is what you would say. I think so. It's, it, I don't think we're commanded in Scripture to walk through it in a certain way or that we must, you can't do God, man, you, you can't mix up the order at all. But I do think there, it's a really helpful order, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but like we uh, talked about on the Call to Worship episode, um, it's just really important to hear from God first, mm. to hear from His Word first. Um, he has the first word mm-hmm. of every gathering and not not us, uh, not Hey, how you feeling out there? Mm-hmm. Right. I think there's a famous clip of Alistair Begg just going berserk because he went to some church and the and the music guy got up and the first thing out of you know the first thing in in the service was hey how's everybody feeling out there mm. and and Alistair was like don't ask me how I'm feeling he's <laughs> like I feel horrible he was like I need <laughs> he was like I need I need more than that right and what he's yeah. getting at is he's like we need a we need a picture of God. Hmm. Who's God? Who are we here to worship? Yeah. Don't ask me how I'm feeling. Yeah. Not right off the bat. <laughs> that's good. I wish you had done that with more of a Scottish accent. Yeah. I, been, I, I, you, in my head, I was saying it that it. way, but yeah. I'm not. I'm not good yeah. with uh, the accent. Yeah. But okay. So th- somebody might hear you say that and and say, "Wait, what's the big deal? Why is it a problem to start with? How are you feeling?" Um. Yeah, I think that makes it too man centered right mm. off the bat. Mm-hmm. So our our worship services need to be. Um, God-centered, Christ-centered, gospel-centered, um, and I actually think that then once we we get that right, we can actually get the man aspect right as yeah. well. Yeah. So it's not that that we're not concerned with how we're feeling, and that God's not concerned with how we're feeling or mm-hmm. how how we are, mm-hmm. but we really can't 
begin there. So so yeah. we start, we said last time we begin, we begin with a call to worship. Mm-hmm. We explained what that was. What's the next element in our liturgy? Yeah, so it's closely related. So we'll almost always come out of a call to worship into a song of adoration. Um, and so and what is, so what adoration. is adoration? Yeah. So adoration is the big idea that we want to cover here first. Um, adoration, I wrote, I wrote this down because uh, I was thinking about this this morning when I woke up. Um, so this is how I would put it. Adoration is beholding, perceiving, and recognizing the worth, dignity, beauty, and glory of something. Mm. And then responding to that by ascribing worship. Mm. So we do that. We do that with all kinds of things, right? We adore movies, mm. shows, food, our wives. Yeah. We can we can ascribe um, some adoration to our wives when we recognize who they are mm. in, in their beauty, their wisdom, their character, uh, yeah, their creativity. So we're we're adoring them. So so when we talk about adoration and worship, um, I think of Psalm twenty nine. Uh, that says, ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength, ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Due his name, that he yes. deserves, yeah. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. So, when you think about worshiping God, he is the only being who is all worthy, hmm. who is worthy of all the glory, all the wisdom, all the yeah. power, all the might. Yeah. Um, he, and he's the only one that's right. worthy of all of that all of our attention and affection. And that's not to say there aren't other things worthy of adoring, right? but that God is the most to be adored. He is the most worthy. Yeah. Yes, he yeah. is all worthy. Um, and so we come to uh, to adore him for, uh, like Psalm 150 says, for who he is and what he's done. In verse two, uh, we praise him um, uh, for his mighty deeds and according to his excellent greatness. So who he is and what he's done. Uh, we look at his character and we... And we ascribe to him glory for mm. because he is all powerful, he is all wise and all good. And then we ascribe to him glory because of what he has done. Yeah. Um, and then that gets us later down into the liturgy. He's what he's done is he's saved us from our sin. Mm. He's redeemed us through the blood of Christ. Yeah. But even even that we can back up. He's he's worth adoring. Yeah. Before we get to what he's done, what he's yeah. done. Yeah. Or, or what he's done in, in saving us mm-hmm. that he in and of himself yeah. as God yep. is is worthy, you yeah. know, like in, in our DSI class, here's another plug for that. Ryan just mm-hmm. taught on, and is teaching on the attributes of God and his omniscience and his, om- his omnipresence, his uh, justice and generosity and all these things. And just by virtue of who he is, he's worth adoring. But I think an important thing in this is, you, you know, so you keep on listing out these Psalms that talk about what we ought to do and, and ascribing worth to mm-hmm. God. And those are songs they're yeah. words about adoring god so it's not just that we value god highly in our own hearts mm-hmm. but that it's actually we put that into words yep. and we say yep. this is it's the same with your wife like if i only ever thought my wife was great and i never told her that i thought that she was great yeah. i'm really not adoring her yeah. the way that we ought to you know and yeah, yeah. i think it was c.s lewis that had that that point that um, that we are just praise giving beings mm-hmm. anyway, you know, so we mm-hmm. enjoy something. There's something about enjoying something that you want to go tell somebody else yeah. that they need to enjoy it, it too. It completes the enjoyment of it. It yeah. enhances it. Right. Um, yeah. It's, we don't, we don't hold it inside, but, but we let it out through song, like you said, or even through reading scripture together. Um, and that, um, uh, 
reinforces our corporate identity as we come together to adore together. We're affirming these truths together that we believe about God, and then and then saying them back to God, just like you said you would to yeah. your wife. So, and on our Sunday morning service, we're doing that with a song. So, Usually, yep. So that first song that we sing, you're saying mm-hmm. there's there's um, a limited set of songs out of all of the songs that we can and do sing on a Sunday mm-hmm. morning. You're not going to sing any and every song in that first song. You're saying that that is there are uh, certain songs that have a certain quality that would go into that first. Usually, spot. yes. Okay. Uh, and again, I would say usually because we just recently had a service where uh, we completely threw the threw the playbook out, and we started with uh, Jesus, strong and kind, uh, which is a, a form of adoration, mm-hmm. uh, but more a song of assurance and trust and hope. Um, because it was uh, it was a Sunday after um, after we lost a sister in Christ, right? And so we just completely redid the order of the yeah. service to to know what our the life of our congregation uh, was going through. Um, so I would say, yeah, yeah, usually that's that's my template is to start with a call to worship and then respond with uh, with a song of adoration because there's so many good ones. There's yeah. so many good songs of adoration that get us to the character of God, who He is, and help us to reflect on that, affirm it. So give us an example of a good song of adoration. So we'll sing uh, this Sunday, uh, "Come Thou Almighty King," okay. which is which is a song of adoration, uh, recognizing um, his character, but also a, a song of uh, invitation, if you will, mm-hmm. to to um, to recognize that we need God's presence, we need His working in and through us. And what I love about "Come Thou Almighty King" is that it's very Trinitarian. Mm-hmm. It's a very Trinitarian hymn. It talks about the Holy Comforter. It talks about the yep. Son. The Father and all that they're working together uh, to the great one and three eternal yeah, right. praises be, yeah. hence evermore. It's yeah. a yeah, it's a wonderful Trinitarian hymn that just gets us thinking. Um, it gets us thinking in Trini- uh, terms of Trinity, terms of Triune God, Father, Son, Spirit, um, and that is going to set up the whole theme for the the morning as we consider Genesis one in the sermon and how God made man. In uh, in their image, and yeah. it's the first it's the first uh, hint at Trinity yeah. uh, that we really see um, in uh, in Scripture. So yeah, yeah. that's and that's, that's one. That's just a great peek to you know. Uh, you're not just sitting on a Sunday morning and saying like, "Ooh, we haven't sung this song in a while," or "I really like this one." You're you're thinking through both these elements of our liturgy and how it ties into because all of this is driving towards yeah. the sermon. I tend to. It's like if you've seen a Quentin Tarantino movie. Um, Sometimes he'll uh, he'll start kind of at the end of the story or yeah. somewhere towards the end of the yep. story, yep. and then you got to work backwards and work your way. It's like how in the world did the characters get in this mm-hmm. predicament? And then you got to work your way back through the story, and it and it really kind of teases out how they ended up there. So for me in my liturgy prep, I I take the sermon. So the sermon is yeah that's the that's the the climax mm-hmm. of the narrative yep. of our gatherings. And so then I go back and basically reverse engineer the service uh, with the setting mm-hmm. and with the rise at in action yeah. and 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 conflict. The conflict is the confession that we'll get to in a minute, yeah. and then the rising in action, and then the climax being the sermon, and then the new setting being yeah. the response. Yeah. After. Yeah. No, so, yeah. so that really. That's a, that's, so that's a little the little narrative plot arc. Narrative plot start, arc. Yeah, is on, is a way that helps me. Yeah. Uh, even plan a service. And you know I. With the Sundays where I'm preaching, especially, I know what we're talking about. You know, I know what the text is. You and I and yeah. Ryan usually have had a conversation or many about yeah. the sermon. 
And so I'm picking up on all of this yeah. as you're, you know, like I, there's one <laughs> little word in a verse and I'm like, oh my gosh, oh, yeah. that's it, you know? Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh, everybody else is, I feel like kind of missing out on yeah. that. So, you know, it might be a good encouragement. I know there's a lot of families that will study the sermon text Ahead of time. Ahead of time. Yeah. And then hopefully you're kind of picking yeah. up on those things. You should be doing that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that would be great. But. Yeah, Ryan has said before, uh, after a, a, a service, that he wishes we would have saved all the songs for after the sermon. <laughs> right. Yeah. And just start with like yep. a welcome and a prayer and a scripture reading and then sermon and yep. then sing all yep. the songs. Or, or just do it again, yeah. you know, like, okay, yeah, let's yeah. sing it again. Let's, let's just, you know, yeah, maybe yeah. when we go down to one service, we yeah. can just do a bonus. Amen. It's like, it's like watching uh, Sixth Sense. You, yeah, you watch it the first hey, don't time. Don't spoil it for people. I won't. But you watch it the first time, and it's one movie. Then you watch it again, exactly, and it's a completely different movie. Right. So if you if you like heard the sermon and went back and then sang all the songs again, it would almost be like a different yeah. different experience. Yeah. So yeah, so that's he, yeah. that's why we begin with adoration. Um, yeah, uh, because because we need to see we need to see who God is first. Yeah. And to follow up on that, so why not start with? The gospel, yeah, at the beginning, yeah, it's a good question, and and uh, and you wouldn't be wrong to just walk up and lay out the gospel. Yeah, good morning, welcome. We're here in the name of Jesus by the blood of Jesus. He mm-hmm. came here, he died for you, and yep. believe in him. Right, there wouldn't be anything wrong with that. Uh, but I actually think it's kind of a false dichotomy to say we're 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 putting adoration of God and His character against the gospel somehow. Right, and it goes back to what you mentioned about that 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 stream of God man Christ response or I put it this way uh, we start with adoration because we need a right view of God in order to understand anything and everything else yeah Psalm 36 9 says in your light do mm. we see light that's good like we don't even know what light is yeah. unless we know uh, God so um, another way of looking at it is theology rightly understood leads to anthropology right rightly understood that's yep. study of man that leads to Christology, yep. rightly understood, that leads to doxology. So that's that's God, man, Christ's response, yeah, yeah. Put, put another way. Yeah, I don't remember who the first person was to do this, but there's that diagram that has, you know, the line going up and the line going down. And the line going up is your understanding of your reverence for God. Mm-hmm. And then the line going down is your understanding of your own sin. And so it's actually the more you appreciate God and his holiness, the more you adore God, the more you understand your own sin right. and your need for a savior. And then in right. between those is the cross that connects those two lines. And so the the greater your understanding of God, mm. the bigger the cross is, you know? So the more That's we good. can begin by adoring God, then we see ourselves rightly. Yeah. And then the gospel becomes beautiful. Yes, yes. So again, so we're, we're, not, we're not pitting adoration against the gospel. We think it is a way of, of telling the story of, uh, of the Bible, um, in, in in little snapshot uh, form throughout mm-hmm. throughout our gathering yeah. with God man Christ response and like you said when we see or behold God clearly properly uh, we see His blazing holiness uh, we can't stand the heat of our mm-hmm. own sin yeah uh, we recognize God's character we then have to acknowledge our own so Isaiah six is the famous yeah, right. Old Testament passage yep. of this when he when he hears uh, the angel of the Lord speak and then he says. Uh, in the beginning of chapter six, he says, "Woe is me, for I am lost. For I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, yeah. the Lord of Hosts." Yep. So we yep. see, you see the Lord, you see Him in His glory, in His holiness. 
we we have to respond with uh, a woe is me, which is exactly how our liturgy flows. So we see right. we see the Lord seated on His throne, and then we do what Isaiah does: is yeah. we confess our sins, and so that's the next step. That's right in our process. yeah, it's the logical flow. I mean, when you you see it all the way through Scripture, I mean, it just it just makes sense, <laughs> humanly speaking, um, that we uh, we're just kind of naturally naturally introspective people or, or creatures, and so when we see something great we automatically think of our smallness. Yeah. Like when you see a huge, huge building mm-hmm. or stand at the Grand Canyon, or for me, I'm a, I'm a big sports fan. I see an athlete who is just incredibly gifted. Mm. I'm like confronted with my own unathleticness. Mm. <laughs> if that's not a word, but... But it's true of you. But it's true, right? I yeah. see it and I'm like, oh my goodness, that I'm not... I'm not like that. Yeah. I'm weird. Right. We are not yeah. the same. We're, we're not worthy. Yeah. <laughs> we're yeah. not worthy. Yeah. It's old Bill and Ted. Yeah. Uh, not Bill and Ted. What is that? Uh, Wayne's World. Uh-huh. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's Wayne's World. Yeah. Um, yes. We, we see that. And actually, I was reading today in uh, Engaging engaged with God or Engaging with God. Uh-huh. Peterson. Peterson. Um, he's talking about the the Hebrew word for worship and, and how it basically uh, breaks down into come and Come with kisses. Yep, yep. <laughs> Which is awesome. Yeah, right. And right. it was really to express to the, fall down the on your face yeah. and like kiss the yep. feet yep. of whatever you were worshiping. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I just think that's a beautiful yeah, image. That's right. Um, so we're not we're not physically doing that, but it but kind of having that posture of bowing before God when we see His holiness, just falling on our faces before Him and coming in confession. So yeah, yeah. If you so if you if you feel that way with a building or Grand Canyon or an athlete, how much more God? The God of heaven and earth who made all that is with the breath of his mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we truly know um, God, then we can truly know ourselves. Right. So we have to understand God like we're going to see in Genesis 1. We have to understand God to understand creation. Yeah. We have to understand God in his nature, his triune nature even, to understand humanity mm-hmm. and how he made man and man and woman. So yes. adoration leads to confession. And what is when we say confession, what are we saying we're doing? Yeah, so so we are we are confessing um, our weakness, our sin, our failings. We are um, agreeing with God mm-hmm. that we are sinners and we need his mercy. And so you're saying that agreeing people might not realize this the word confess as it's used in the especially in the New Testament, it means to agree. Yeah. So that's why we can have a confession of faith. Mm-hmm which is a statement that we all right. agree on. Yeah, yeah. And then when we are confessing our sins, that's what we're saying is we agree with God's mm-hmm. judgment of us, which is that we are sinful. We are speaking yeah. in agreement together yeah. that we are And sinning. we agree with one another. Yeah. That we're all in this together. Yeah. 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 So in this aspect of our service, what would that what would that look like? Uh cuz we confess our sins individually, mm-hmm. right? Or we ought to, that's, you know, the ACTS acronym for prayer. I think Ryan just talked about that, that that's an aspect yeah. we should be confessing yeah, so if in I prayer. Could address that real quick. Um, so why, why do we confess our sins um, in light of the, the cross and forgiveness, knowing that, that all of our sins were forgiven on the yeah. cross? Why do we need to continue to confess? Yeah. Um, some who maybe come from a Catholic background would see that as kind of going back to, we need, we need atonement. We need we need um, a reapplication of the blood of Christ yeah. every time we sin, or that there's some, you know, the Roman Catholic sense that there's a sacramental quality to confession. Like that's you go right. to the confessional, and that's, that's right. a part of your receiving pardon. Right. And we don't say we that. don't say any no. of that. Mm-mm. No, we are we are confessing in light of the blood of Jesus. We we confess, we agree with God mm-hmm. that our sin is bad and that that they've been forgiven. So we see we see that that 
kind of confession modeled um, in Psalm 32 and Psalm 51 when David confesses his sins. Um, and one one thing I think stands out in Psalm 32, it says, um, uh, blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. So that's how the psalm starts. But then he says, for when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. So the psalmist David here recognized the, the just the poisonous aspect of not confessing yeah, your sin. Right. Even though David knew he was forgiven. Yeah. He said, blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven, that God won't hold your iniquities. He, mm. he, he acknowledged the theological truth right. right at the beginning. But then he said, practically, if I hold my sin in, mm. it will eat me up from the inside out. Mm. Um, and so we confess just as believers um, uh, because of that very nature. And in First John 1, 8 and 9 is the classic right. New Testament text yep. that says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. Well, and he says, it begins, if we say we have no sin, we, we deceive, deceive ourselves. That's you know, right. And we lie because everyone has sinned. And so right. we know, and part of rehearsing the gospel to ourselves, you know, in this mm-hmm. life of repentance is constantly right. speaking that truth that, no, I haven't been perfect. I do sin. Yeah. So and, yeah. I think I read in uh, Christ-Centered Worship by Brian Chapel a phrase along these lines, we confess and repent because we, because we are forgiven. Right, not in order to gain yeah, forgiveness. That's, that's a big difference. Yeah. That's that's the big difference yeah. there for us. Is is it, we're not we're not just talking about conversion, mm-hmm. which repentance and faith and confession of sin certainly is a part of conversion. Yeah. Um. But but we would say that 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 is ongoing. That continues on. And we've quoted Martin Luther. He's famous to say the life of the Christian is one lived um, in repentance. Right. Um. So we and we do it in light of our forgiveness, not in order to gain it. Yeah, and then as part of that too, when we're confessing, we already know that we have been pardoned, right? Because of you know, so yes, yes, we don't do a, we don't, we don't have a, uh, an absolution, a, a, or a some, bloodless uh, yeah. confession, or or yeah, we don't confess and then you know have our fingers crossed, yeah, and wringing right. our hands, hoping that God will. We confess in, that, in that'll faith. take, yeah, and right. that's and that's getting to the next aspect of our liturgy. Yeah. But yes, we we yeah. we confess with assurance of our forgiveness, right? Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. and we do confess corporately. So yeah, so that's a so that's different. That's different. You know that it's not just this thing that you would do privately, mm-hmm. although you ought to. Yes, do that, and then even or even one on one, right? Like if yeah. I sin against you, mm-hmm. I can confess, and yeah. we can we can talk about that. But no, we do it as a whole church. So why do we think that that's important that we have a corporate confession? Yeah, so uh, like you said, yeah, we could just um, even have quiet times in our services, which we've done this before, as a part of our corporate confession to say, um, okay, we're going to spend some moments in silent reflection and silent confession of our sins to God. So we could do that every time, but we don't always. And most most of the time, our confessions are corporate, um, corporate in the sense that we are all saying the same thing together. Yeah. Um, like often that's what we're doing is reciting a confession that confession. you have found somewhere yeah. you've kind of rewritten yeah so so a few a few thoughts on that um we do corporate confessions because we're we're all in this sin fighting business together mm. we're, we're we're doing this together uh we're a church uh and we are to confess our sins uh to each other uh so con- corporate confessions do i came up with four things one uh it gives us the words so yeah. when we read an old confession that's been tried and tested throughout the years yep. and the ages of the church, it gives us the words, not 
the details. Yeah. So we're not confessing specific individual sins corporately. Right. We're not saying, Lord, forgive us because Chase coveted <laughs> right. uh, Joe's car. Yeah. No, we, but we could say, Lord, forgive us for when we have coveted mm-hmm. that which is not ours this yep. week. Yep. Because almost all of us yep. at some point this week have coveted. So we're going to use more general, broadly applicable language. Right. We're not going to be talking about specific sins. But that's really helpful. I, I remember thinking this in the last last Sunday, that the confession that you wrote was really was really good that way and very searching. And so I was, as I was saying it, like, oh yeah, I did do that, mm. you know? And it, Same. it brought Same to me. remembrance yeah. something that on my own, I maybe wouldn't yeah. have gotten there. So I was yeah. glad that you led me in that to so, confess get, these things. Exactly. So gave you some words and, and related gives us categories. So categories of types of sins mm. that we should be confessing to God. So even like sins of omission. Mm. So we have one confession that says, Lord, forgive us for uh, not doing the things that I ought to have done. Right. Um, yeah. And that's, oh man, that always hits me so hard because mm-hmm. I think I'm really good at keeping track of the things that I did that I shouldn't do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I, I'm not good at keeping track of the things that All I should have done. should have done. Yeah. That, that I didn't. Right. That I had the power to do. Right. Uh, and for me, it was sin. And you're that saying that, that categorizing work on Sunday morning hopefully carries over into yes. our private prayers yes. Monday to Saturday. That is right. It's building out our own prayer boxes so That's that right. we can think, okay, have I prayed for a prayer of omission or a confession of sins yeah. of omission uh, this week? Yeah. 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 It should give us, should broaden our categories for our private times, family times, um, and our congregational times. Uh, number three, it gives us a corporate responsibility um, for one another. That's good. So when we hear one another confessing sins, when I hear you confessing sin, I know I'm, I'm reminded it's part of my responsibility as your brother in Christ and as a member of this church to, to hold you accountable, right. to, um, to encourage you, to exhort you mm-hmm. um, in that way. And same for you with me. When you hear me say it, I would hope that everyone uh, within you know, earshot of my voice, which I'm on a mic, so everybody gets to hear me, <laughs> um, would, would hear me confess this sin yeah. as, a, as a way of saying, hold, hold me accountable. Yeah. Um, uh, we're all responsible for one another. And, and that aspect too of how equalizing that is, right? We're all saying this together, yep. that we're all the mm-hmm. same in this mm-hmm. and uh, in agreement that yep. we're all sinners and so that we're free to humbly hold yep. one another accountable because yep. we know we've just confessed that we all need it. That's right. And, and very related, the last thing I, I came up with was it reminds us that Jesus uh, died to save a people, mm. not just Chase yeah, and Drew. Right. Yeah, it. it uh, which he did, but it's but it's more than that. Yeah. He died to save a people, a, a and church. in John seventeen, he he prays for a people, and he prays that we would be one. And so we're we're exercising that unity in our corporate confessing of sin, yeah. in our corporate agreeing with God that we are sinners in need of mercy. Yeah, yeah. you know it. Uh, I, I've just been thinking about this a lot because we had the uh, the membership class, and I have a little bit where when we're talking to the membership class about the charge of hypocrisy that's mm. so often leveled against churches and against right. Christians. And, yep. and in there I was saying, you know, that, that uh, covenant membership and regenerate membership is, is a great guard against hypocrisy because, uh, you know, somebody would say, Oh, you Christians, I know what you did Saturday night. And then you're here Sunday morning. Well, mm-hmm. we would say a real Christian isn't doing that on Saturday night. And we're trying to hold people. And account. if they are, we're going to, and we're going to act to hold them accountable. Right. But then yeah. I, but I also thought, you know, what a great, um, 
challenge to that charge of hypocrisy for somebody to come into our church on Sunday morning and hear us confess and hear us all confess our sin that yeah. no we don't think that we're better yeah. than everybody That's else great. we're we're going to say how countercultural is it yeah. for us to you know recognize yeah. corporate sin together yeah we're not trying to build ourselves up we're not trying to make ourselves look better than we are we're going to talk about how bad we are mm-hmm. um, as uh, an aspect of our our re- regular worship together. yeah 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 and just a quick point to that um we talked. I, I talked about how not every corporate uh, confession has details, uh, but we do use categories and we do use uh, certain words and certain types of sins. And I think I I tried to clarify this a couple months back that when we're reading a corporate confession together or even singing a song that's a confession, um, you may not see yourself in every single category. Like right. you you mentioned, oh, you were searching and you hadn't thought of it that way. Which I think for most of us that that could be widely true if we if we just think long enough and hard enough about it. But but I remember there was one. We there was a one about kids. Yeah, loving kids. I haven't cared for my kids or I've been right. in, impatient with my kids, yeah. and we're immediately thinking, well, what about this brother that He's isn't single. married, doesn't have kids, or yeah. they're married without kids, uh-huh. or or their kids but, are grown. But and out they're of the house. reciting that confession too. So right. yeah, how should they be thinking? About the, that? It, again, that, I think that would be in that third category that re- reinforces our corporate identity. Right. That that they're a part of my family mm-hmm. um, and how I'm raising my kids. They're a part of that. Yeah. Um, not not. Not directly. They're not going to be disciplining my kids necessarily, right. but but in a way, they're they're responsible for my parenting. Right. And you think about the prayers in the Old Testament. You know that our fathers did this, and Lord, we confess that to you. That's that right. that wasn't them doing that, yeah. but they see this. We're we're all one people, mm-hmm. and so that sin yeah. affects all of us. Yeah. And we're going to bring that together to the Lord. To, and I think it fights help. against just the radical individualism yeah. of our day. Right. Like, yeah, this isn't. This prayer isn't just about you. Yeah, right. <laughs> it yeah, is, yeah. but it isn't. <laughs> yeah, and so, so you're so doing. Lean into those moments. Exactly, you're doing that work on behalf of the whole yeah. church. We're going to carry yeah. all of these burdens to the church, even if it's not right. one that you. And again, I think more often than not, it probably does apply to you, and it's good to think that. But mm-hmm. this, you know, in a specific example, like no, right. that just isn't me. But I know it is for my brother, and so I'm going to carry that load yep. to the cross too. That's right for their for their grace. So that's good. Um, we've kind of hinted at this already, but getting real practical with the specifics of our liturgy. Mm-hmm. So when we get to this, so we've done a call to worship. We've done a song, of a song of adoration. We didn't talk about the welcome and announcements. That's usually in there somewhere, but that's coming that's, up. That's another, yeah, that, yeah, that'd be another talk. Yeah. But uh, we've done the song of adoration. We've moved to confession now. Mm-hmm. What is that? Is that always going to be a recitation or what are right. the different forms of that? Yeah, if you've been around DSC for very long, you know it's it's never just one thing. Yeah, uh, we don't have a not a, even a, the same recitation every which some churches no, would do. No, yeah. it's not the same. T- it's not the same reading. It's not the same prayer. It's not the same song. So uh, we believe um, I have three categories for for honoring what we call the regulative principle. There are elements, there are forms, and there are circumstances. So the elements are the things that we're going to do. We're going to sing together, pray together, read the word. The things that have to be there, and and have uh, the you know the right uh, administration of the ordinances. Um, and so those are the those are the kind of the non uh, non negotiables, the essentials. Um, then the forms are kind of the they're the forms that those essential elements take mm-hmm. in our in our service. So I think uh, the New Testament is mostly silent on a lot of these forms. So we have liberty, and there's just a lot of prudence to be applied. So for us, the forms of a, of a confession uh, can be a song, as we've said. It can be a, a scripture reading. Uh, we could read from Psalm 51. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be a prayer. Um, it could be a corporate reading 
or a recitation, like you said. Um, and it could be a prayer that one person prays for the all. Mm-hmm. So it could be um, like we see that modeled in Nehemiah, yeah. uh, in First Kings. We see Solomon praying a prayer of confession for the nation. Yep. Um, and then you know that the early church would have sung Psalm 32 and yeah. Psalm 51. Mm-hmm. So there, there were, uh, and probably prayed them as well. But we know there's a there's a category for one person praying representing the whole. So, yeah. so like this Sunday, Tate will pray the prayer of confession. Um, after he does the welcome, right. which we which we didn't talk about, which I th- I really see the welcome as like an extension to the call to worship, but um, we could yeah we'll talk about that later. So yeah, so different forms, but always there because right. because um, our liturgy um, is retelling the gospel. It's retelling it through scenes or mm-hmm. like pictures in a in a storybook Bible, um, and if the telling of the gospel is to be true, then confession of sin must be there. Yeah, it's got to be there, right? right? You wouldn't you wouldn't think that you gave a full gospel presentation if the, you didn't ever mention sin, yeah. or the need to confess it and yeah. repent of it. Right. So, so in our services, we don't we didn't we didn't cover the gospel um, if there's no if there's no mention of sin and there's no confession. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the cross that we're going to get to doesn't make any sense without That's first right. first beginning That's right. beginning there. What's your favorite song of confession? Um, so, um, I, I really like, um, from depths of woe, which is a lament slash confession. So it's, it's Martin Luther's treatment of Psalm 130. Yeah. So from depths of woe, I raise to thee a voice of lamentation. Yeah. Um, If if thou iniquities dost mark our secret sins and misdeeds dark, who could stand before you? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of adoration and confession. It it, it really is. So it's, it's it's all blended in there, but that that one's one of my favorite, favorite lyrics to sing. Yeah. Um, It's a really good one. And then come ye sinners is another, is another really good one. It's an invitation Mm -hmm. and a confession that we're all, you know, weak and weary, sick and sore. Yeah. Um, You know, and, uh, those are two good examples. If somebody were to think of those songs or go listen to them, you'd hear those are even in a, a different key. Then they're minor, yep. you know the the songs that we would begin with adoration. Right. So even down mm-hmm. to the musical style, we are thinking through. That's right. How how this gets reflected? Yeah, so. yeah. Often, yeah. Now we're really getting into the weeds. Even within a song, um, one one example that just popped into my head was "Joy to the World." Uh, we get to the third vor- verse of "Joy to the World," and it says, "No more let sin and sorrows grow." And we go minor there. Yeah. Um, so the whole song is joy to the world. Uh-huh. It's a big major song. Uh-huh. But we get to the we get to that third verse and we go to the minor chord yep. Yep. just to color to help color that text. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, most most of our songs of lament and confession are going to be in a minor key. Yeah. Because we need that tension. Yeah. We need that uh, that yeah we need that tension before we have the resolution right of uh, the major one chord uh, exactly of assurance of grace. So, yep. like we talked about, adoration leads to confession. But for us as Christians, in light of the cross and the blood of Jesus and his work, his finished atoning work, this work of confession leads us right to assurance. Amen. Yep. Um, and he's even done in light of assurance, like we said. And then that leads to thanksgiving and praise. So, these mm-hmm. are all future episodes. That's where we're going. Um, these are, and, then, and then a response. So, uh, another way we've put that around here is guilt, grace, and gratitude. Mm-hmm. So, that, so, to Today, we dealt more with the guilt yeah. aspect of it. We've got adoration, and then we feel our guilt mm-hmm. in light of God's holiness. And then we, we quickly move into grace and gratitude. Um, I, I don't know who said that. I think maybe Spurgeon said something like this. Um, um, we confess our sin, um, but we don't stay there. Yeah. We, we visit confession 
Mm. But we live in the assurance of the grace of Christ. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. And I, I hope everybody can appreciate more how much work you do and all of our, our team, we try to do on Sunday mornings to make that reality experienced, mm. to make it felt, to make uh, even even down to the, the tune of the music that we're singing, mm. that this is all trying to help us visit confession in light of God's greatness so that we can arrive at our final destination, which is yeah, right. which is the gospel. Right. So, uh, brother, again, thank you. Yeah, I hope thanks. everybody appreciates more and, and can even come to Sunday morning with some fresh eyes and just seeing, oh yeah, this is that, can participate more meaningfully in that. Um, this has been fun. We'll keep on doing doing this yeah. as we as we get a chance to come and, and talk about those. So, um, thanks for the time, and, and Lord willing, we'll have another one for uh, another one of these episodes for you next week. But until then, on behalf of Drew, I'm Chase. Let's keep spreading God's glory broader and deeper. Amen. We do say the Lord willing. Lord willing. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have one. We'll have another episode out for you soon. Lord willing, we'll have another episode soon. No, maybe. (laughs) (sighs) You have to set this one up. Oh, that's right. I'm the host. I'm the expert. You're the... On this one. (laughs) (laughs) How's that feel? Terrifying. Never been the expert on anything. Mm -mm.